Today, there might be great coffee, there might even be good conversations, but I tell you, I have nothing to offer you apart from the gospel and apart from Jesus. And that's what we're going to see this morning. We'll read from Acts chapter 10, halfway through, from verse 34 to the end. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him up on the third day and caused him to appear, not to all peoples, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, can anyone withhold water from baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to remain for some days. I wonder what you think of when I say the words gospel. Some of us who maybe have been a Christian for a long time, we think of telling someone the gospel and we might think of a quick short phrase that we can communicate. Maybe uh, like on the side of the buses, uh, sometimes in London and uh, in different cities, we think of um, beautiful passages like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me, says Jesus. A wonderful passage, a wonderful summary. Or maybe you've heard John 3, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Or you might think of a bit more quirky summaries like this bumper sticker that I found. Jesus is my airbag. I don't quite know what it means, but it sounds good, right? When we think of telling the gospel, we sometimes think of quick, short ways to communicate something of who Jesus is. But I think what we see Peter doing is he draws us in and he draws the household into the big gospel story. Peter himself doesn't just know the gospel, he's lived it. For three years, he literally followed Jesus from village to village, he went with this person, this man, this, this incredible human being who was so much more than a human being. 
He started to realize, wow, this is God himself come to us. And now that Jesus had died but ascended to heaven, he was still giving his life, died and rose again, I should say, and ascended to heaven. He was still giving his life to follow Jesus. He knew the gospel wasn't a short sentence. This was the unfolding story of God and his people that he was part of. And as Rachel so helpfully explained last week, in the first half of chapter 10, Peter was at an amazing moment in the gospel story. You see, Peter hadn't quite realized yet that the gospel wasn't just for the ancient people of God, the Israelites, but for everyone, including Gentiles, or in other words, those who weren't Jewish. And so Peter starts to realize, wait a second, back when God made a promise to Abraham, as Rachel reminded us last week, that through his offspring, all nations would be blessed. Or, or thinking back to the laws of Israel, which said, welcome the immigrant, welcome the foreigner. Or, or thinking to the prophets that cried out, there will be a day coming where every nation on earth will worship the God of Israel. And now Peter stands here preaching to this household of people who are not Jewish, they're not circumcised. He really thinks I should not be dealing with them apart from God told me to. And he starts to realize, verse 34, truly I understand. Or in other words, truly I now understand. Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Peter realizes the gospel isn't limited to one group of people. It is open to each and every one of us. Now, it's important we hear what he is and isn't saying. He's not saying anyone who does right, then, then you're fine with God. What he's saying is that opens up the door. Anyone now can come to the gospel. He's really clear about that. Actually, at the end of his speech, if you remember, he says, anyone who believes in his name is forgiven of their sins. We have to come through Jesus. But what he's starting to realize is there's no barriers. There's no barrier anymore to come to the gospel. And as Peter is convinced of this, as Peter preaches to this household, it's not just his own conviction, but the Spirit of God falls on the house and they know, oh, God has done this. It's not just his good idea. It's not just what he thinks God is saying, but the Spirit of God falls. And who does the Spirit of God fall in? Who are the promises of the Old Testament? It's to his covenant people. The Gentiles, those who are not Jewish, have been welcomed in. What a day that Peter is living in for the story of the good news of Jesus. The story is unfolding before his very eyes. And as Rachel pointed out last week, we are the ones who get to enjoy that part of the story. Most of us don't have Jewish ancestry. And yet God has welcomed every nation into his people. And so Peter knows that he is part of a bigger gospel story and he realizes that both he and those in front of him are being swept up into that bigger gospel story it's not just a bumper sticker and we see that even in the way he tells the gospel don't we think about the summary he gives it's not just Jesus died for you that that's central it's much more he starts with John's baptism he says John the Baptist he talks about Jesus' his own baptism when he talks about he was anointed. That's when the Spirit fell on him at his baptism. Peter talks about the miracles he saw, the teaching he heard, the things he witnessed. And then he talks about Jesus' death by being hung on a tree, by being crucified. And he talks about his resurrection. And he also talks about how he reigns forever as judge. 
Now we'll come back to that. But Peter doesn't settle for a short summary. He wants to tell the whole story. And you notice actually that Peter even checks with his audience. He says, I think it's in verse 37, he says, you yourselves know what happened. So he, he knows his audience. And the audience, the people in the household, they, they've heard the stories of Jesus. They know the parables. They know the miracles. I want to know the bigger gospel story. I'm not satisfied with, with just little bits of caricature. I don't, want to hear a sh- I don't want to see a shadow puppet when I can see Jesus himself. And, and we have this incredible gift from God. We have Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John where we see this is who Jesus is like. We see a wonderful story. And so it is our privilege to open the scriptures, to hear God speak to us, to show us a richer picture of the big story of the gospel. And so when we have the privilege of telling others, we don't just give them a little snippet, but we catch them up. Come get to know the Jesus I know. Come see him in all his glory. Because as we get caught up in a bigger gospel story, we start to see a greater gospel hero. I love reading the Gospels again and again and again. Why? Because I'm not settled for the shadow puppet. I want to see and be reminded that Jesus spoke to the crowds, but he also sat with the individual. I want to see that when Jesus was approached, the very first miracle he did, he was approached by a man who had an infectious skin disease and was a social outcast. He doesn't just say, standing two meters away, socially distanced, be healed. He reaches out and touches him. I want to see that detail. I want to see that Jesus, the one who stood and with the word calmed wind and waves, allowed himself to be crucified on the cross. I don't want to miss the beautiful detail of the Gospels. Because when we get caught up in a bigger Gospel story, we see the greater Gospel hero. The great gospel hero. And and when Peter preaches the gospel to Cornelius' household, this household that God has called him to in the first half of the chapter, God said, you've got to go. He prepared him for it and said, you've got to go with these men. He's preaching to them. And you can tell he's not a school teacher telling the facts. He's not saying on day one, there was someone called Mary. On day two, there was John the Baptist. No, he is talking about his master. Verse 36, he, he starts to tell the story, and he says this, as for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, and then as if by an aside, there's a little brackets in the ESV, and it says, he is Lord of all. Just by the way, the person I'm preaching to you about isn't just someone, he's not just a nice preacher I heard of, he is Lord of all. And that's what we saw last week wonderfully. Rachel talked us through, actually, he, he is Lord of everyone. There is no one excluded. That's what Peter realizes in this passage. God doesn't exclude anyone anymore. And so we can't either. We can't say, I don't want to go to that person. That's a real challenge, a real provocation. And Rachel brought that brilliantly last week. But if he's Lord of all, he can't be Lord of 50%. He can't be Lord of Sundays and maybe the occasional Wednesday night at small group. No, if he is Lord, then he is Lord of all. And that's amazingly good news. 
because he isn't a lord or a master or a king. That's kind of what that word means. He's not one like the rest of the world. He's not like our politicians, our prime ministers and presidents, our kings and our rulers. No, our Jesus, he's one who didn't come to be served, but to serve. He isn't a king like the ones of this world who seek their own glory and their own riches and their own power, but he is the one who gave up his life for us. And so when we declare he is Lord of all, we declare that he is the great Lord who so loved us that he gave himself. And Peter ends on that. He says the whole of scripture has been pointing to that whoever believes in his name has forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins that we might be reconciled to the God who made us and loved us. And you know what? Peter also declares he's Lord of all, but he also declares he is judge. He says it very clearly right at the end of his sermon. Peter declares, and Jesus commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to judge the living and the dead. This isn't a nice extra to the gospel. Peter says, Jesus told me I have to preach and testify that he is judge. Now, let's be honest, it's not fun to talk about judgment, is it? We don't like talking about judgment. And we live in a world, in a society in the modern West that says, I choose. I know what's right. I'm going to live my best life. I did it my way. That's the world we live in. And yet, if Jesus is judge of the living and the dead, then actually he is the only one ultimately we're accountable to. Not to ourselves. We don't decide. The gospel says, scripture says, he is the one we're accountable to. Now that's jarring in our world. If you don't know Jesus, that might be awkward to hear. If you have friends and family who don't know Jesus, that might be something we avoid talking about. But let me be clear. Peter starts by saying, this is the good news of Jesus. Jesus being judge is good news. Because the world says, follow your heart. But it forgets to tell you that our hearts are broken. They don't know what's best for us. Our own hearts actually lead us to things which disappoint and damage. Many of us know that for ourselves. Our hearts are not good things to follow. And, and it also, the world forgets to tell us that if each of us follow our hearts, do you know the ones who are rich and powerful have, have a good time? But it is the vulnerable among us and the poor and the needy who don't get to follow their hearts. They are crushed and oppressed by the narrative of our world which says just do what you think is right. It is inevitably them who are at the expense of those who can. And so it is not good news that you are your own judge. It is not good news that you can live your own life the way you want to, but it is good news that he is judge. Because Jesus is the kind of judge who did not come to condemn the world, John 3, 17, it was already condemned. He came to save us. And he is the one who didn't come to take our lives and tell us what to do and say, oh, here's an oppressive load. No, he says, I've come to give you life. And life in abundance. This judge, the one who calls us to bow our knees and, and obey, that's what Jesus being judged means. We say, I trust your way, not my way. It's good news because he is good. 
And you know, he is the one who does not crush the oppressed. He does not sideline the vulnerable. He does not take advantage of the fatherless or the widow. Jesus is the one who is right and is pure and is the only one who we can truly trust to be in charge. And so it's awkward to talk about these things. But if you think about it, if you see the witness of Scripture, if you get how great a gospel hero he is, you realize, wow, it is good news that he will judge the living and the dead. It's intense, it's serious, but it's good news. And so as we start to come to an end, I just want to talk a little bit about having total gospel confidence. Last week, Rachel encouraged us about reaching out to others, particularly those who are very different with the good news of Jesus. And what we see right here in our passage is Peter has been called to a very specific household. These are the first Gentiles, non-Jews, um, in kind of a full sense that the gospel has gone to. There's been little hints on the way. But what has happened here, but Peter is called to tell them the good news. And I think it's important to see what happens in this story because we can have great confidence as we tell others about Jesus. What did we learn last week? I won't actually make you shout out. I could, couldn't I? No. Rachel taught us that Peter was willing. Yeah? That's what we learned last week. Peter heard from God and he was willing. He obeyed. And we see that Peter obeyed and he preached the gospel. And God sent his spirit. We can have great confidence because it is not our job to save people. It's our job to obey. And so God speaks and we listen, but it's God who changes hearts. It is him who changes lives. So what's our job to do? Well, we get on our knees and we pray and we say, Lord, my sister or, or my neighbor or my friend, they don't know you and they need to know your love, Lord. They need to know you are the great savior of the world. Lord, save them. We call out in prayer, definitely. We say to God, God, give me opportunities. Who can I tell the gospel to? How can I shape with my words and my life the good news? How can I share that? And then we go and obey. We say, okay, Lord, give me promptings. And we're gonna hear a story of that in a minute. But then we have peace because it's our job to obey and it's his job to save. Peter stood there preaching and I think he didn't really know what to do next. But the Spirit came. Before he finished preaching, it said, the Spirit came. And then he said, oh, God has met with them. We probably should baptize them now. Because <laughs> God's already done it. He's gone ahead of me. He, he's jumped the gun. He's brought them into the people of God. So I'll just follow his lead. That should give, me great that should give us great confidence. It's not on us to save people. It's our job to obey. It's his job to save and I want to share a story to end. Um, uh, uh, Yeva and um, Sherelle very kindly said they'd share a bit of their testimony, um, but we were trying to work out services. You're actually both here this service, but we'll show you the video. Um, anyway, uh, and so they very kindly uh, recorded it with me yesterday so we could share it in both services. But I love, um, as Sherelle shared her baptism story a few weeks ago, uh, I loved kind of hearing a bit about it beforehand because Yeva is quietly obeying God and he does something that 
She couldn't imagine. So let's, let's watch the video uh, and then um, I'll wrap us up. Sherelle, Yeva, thank you for telling a bit of um, your story. So Sherelle, a few weeks ago, you got baptized yeah. uh, and you shared a bit of your testimony, but I want to unpack that a bit more because mm -hmm. um, that was the day you two were together at work. Um, and you've told me a bit of the story, mm -hmm. Yeva, and you were, you were actually praying with someone at the time. So tell me a bit about why were you praying with someone at work that day? Oh, look, well, I was in the lounge and I had my break and um, I saw a security man sitting there and he, he was sitting there for quite a while and I knew that, okay, like, like it takes, it, like, why you're here for such a long time? Because usually he's walking around. And I kind of had that little prayer and I said, Lord, because I always look for signs. If, if I go to pray for someone or to evangelize or just, yeah. you know, like reach people in general, I always say, like, Lord, give me some signs and some kind of direction. So I said, Father, if he's still there in a couple of minutes, I would really like to approach him and, and just say, like, yeah, tell me a little bit about why, you, why you're like this and just share a little bit. Yeah. So, yes, and, and for sure he was, he was still there. For quite a while and in the end i said yeah i would like how are you how are you doing and i started in a very nice polite way because it was the first time when i was kind of approaching him and i said would it be okay if i would pray for you and he said oh please yes so i was I, I i just i had that short but kind of a yeah, very honest prayer about his life and everything what he was going through and he yeah, he was crying and he was really moved yeah and it happened that Sherelle was in the room. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, so, yeah. so you were, you saw someone. It was a bit out of the ordinary that they were in mm, the staff room. Yes. You felt mm, maybe yeah. God's saying something. You prayed. You asked, and you thought, yeah, I should go pray with them. So yes. you, you approached them. You prayed with them. Um, you clearly blessed them because you know yeah. they, they they were sharing with you a bit. Yeah. But all this time, you yeah. you were hearing this. Yes. Or you heard all of it or some of it. What, what I what? heard all of it. Okay, so you tell us what what did you experience when. Yeva was doing this with, with someone else who worked um, at the same place. So I sat opposite Yeva mm. um, and I heard briefly the conversation but also trying to remain distant to give that privacy for them. I couldn't help but listen um, and I heard this prayer um, and I just remember closing my eyes and going along with it, not really knowing at the time what I was going along and who we were, I guess, praying to. but. I couldn't myself deny like there was something greater in presence in that room that day. Yeah. Um, while Yeva was speaking with God and praying. Yeah. To him. So so Yeva was praying with someone else. Yeah. But for whatever reason, you felt I've got to join in with this, or that, you know there was something unexplainable you were feeling. Yeah. Um, and is it fair to say that was kind of a massive kind of step on the journey of you then? Yeah. Getting to know Jesus for yourself and. Then coming to be baptised a few weeks ago. Yeah, it was, I think it was that day I met with God. Brilliant. It's, I think that is such an encouragement and I really appreciate Sherelle and um, Yeva taking the time to share that. And there's actually so much more to the story that we cut out because um, God was doing things. But the reason I love that story is this happened 2,000 years ago. Hallelujah. A few months ago, Yeva, just a member of the church, just obeyed God. 
just simply said, I think you're saying this, God, so I'll go out on a, on a limb and, and pray. And God did something amazing. As we come to see the big gospel story, as we don't settle for a bumper sticker or a, bumper sticker or a, or a, a shadow puppet, but come to see Jesus, we come to see he is the greater gospel hero. And that is the person, that is the God we want to share with others. And so if you know Jesus, I hope you have been encouraged this morning to see that he is greater. He is Lord of all. But if you don't know Jesus, I pray as well that God will meet with you by his spirit, that you will know in your heart that he is alive. He isn't dead. He isn't some myth. But that he wants to meet with you. There is no one who's excluded. So we're going to um, respond um, just in the last five minutes. We're just going to sing to God. And I've asked the band to um, lead a song where, uh, Build My Life, where we sing, Holy, there's no one like you. There's none beside you. And yet then the chorus goes on to say, Show me who you are and lead me in your love to those around me. And we want to go on that journey as we ourselves see how glorious Christ is that it turns us to share it with the world. So why don't we stand together? Why don't we respond to God in in the things that he's been saying as I've been sharing? Uh, And um, maybe you want to quietly just um, pray to him. Maybe you want to declare his praises as you sing along. But let's just take this moment to respond uh, and worship God together.